Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in Friday, October 22nd on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm Kyle Borgannoni and I am joined by a thought leader, not only in NFL, but in NBA, in NHL, it's Matthew Betts. Big sports guy. You know, I just love the sports. All the sports. Um, next up, we're going for tennis DFS, Kyle. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, no, just kidding. Yeah, dude, NBA is back, which is super exciting and fun. NHL is here. MLB postseason. NFL obviously in full swing. So what a time of year to be a sports fan. What would, I don't know, 11, 12-year-old Matthew Betts think that if his job is to sit around it all day in his sweatpants <laughs> to look at sports betting sports you know statistics and then tell other people what to do about it what would he think about that so proud so proud that's what you want to be when you grow up in your mom's basement wearing sweats um you know chinese food takeout containers everywhere you haven't seen the sun in weeks <laughs> just grinding through the data and uh you know watching the film so that's where i'm at these days and i'm i bet 12 year old matthew or do you go by maddie then i feel like that you could have been a maddie for a while no no no, no dude it was always matthew my mother was very intent. That's what you wanted me to be called. So it was always Matthew. Twelve-year-old Matthew probably didn't think of having twins in the picture at the time. No, that's for sure. <laughs> that absolutely is accurate. <laughs> you hit a certain range of outcomes that you know not every single person has. I actually have twins in my family, so I kind of told Emma like when we first started having kids, like, okay, this is this can happen. My grandfather was a twin, and then she said her grandfather was a twin, and then they say that it skips a generation. I've seen the math. I don't know if that actually works that way, but regardless, um, you know, we only have two kids, but if we have a third one day, maybe we'll have four. What's terrifying, actually, from a statistics, you're a big stats guy. We saw this the other day. 
Um, you have a one in 12 chance, according to whatever this book was, uh, if you have twins the first time, of having them again. So that's more than I would, <laughs> that I would potentially like. <laughs> when we saw to- that, we were like, oh, okay, let's, let's rethink kind of the next, <laughs> the next step here. So you're telling me the DVOA metrics state that you possibly could have more twins coming. That's right. Well, that's, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about on this show, really. If we can dive into, you know, statistical projections for life, that would be really good. I feel like there's somebody that needs to come up with an app that is just straight projections for, you know, really random day-to-day stuff, everything in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Just as simple as like, you will spill, you will get ketchup on your shirt today. Like every, you know, and they project every, you know, 5.5 days, you can hit the over the under, like that's where we're heading. And maybe that's where you and I are heading because I feel like with DFS, uh, our props channel, our Discord channel, like there's so many things that people are getting in on the fun. I know you and I are really enjoying uh, NHL right now. It's just weird that I never thought I would say that. But yeah, NHL props are fun. But we're here for the NFL and we're here, we're here for week seven. We're going to get you ready for that slate. If you want to get our NFL picks, you know, our pre bets is premium Patreon only, <laughs> only two people subscribe NHL. Like I know that there's going to be people deeming you after this for that, but oh yeah, all of our NFL picks are found in the DFS pass on the famous footballers website, dfspass.com. We think it's a great tool. We think there's lots of different ways that you can be profitable, especially in cash. So you can get our DraftKings, our FanDuel pick, use the promo code DFS pod and we still have tons of DFS going. We go through the playoffs. I think people don't realize that. Maybe they're playing redraft and they're like, am I going to make the playoffs? Am I done? No, you can play with us past fantasy playoffs into the actual NFL playoffs. We think it is a very, very, very fun time. But for week seven, we have an important thing. It's talking about our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. This week ain't easy at quarterback. I'll say. I think running back is getting very clear. I think there's really two options at tight end. Uh, I think there's a defense that I'm warming up to. I'm pretty much going to go to. But quarterback, I think this is going to be one of the most spread out for cash weeks that we've seen at quarterback. And the same thing for tournaments. Knowing that ahead of time, bets, how does that help us for tournaments? We're going to talk about our specific picks, but like, how does that help us knowing that the quarterbacks are really spread out? I mean, anything more than 10% is usually a lot for quarterback, but I could probably say there's six quarterbacks on this slate that could maybe hit eight to 10%. Yeah, for sure. And basically what that says is that there's no real differentiator at the position. So I would not worry at all about roster percentage at that position because I would find it really surprising if any of these guys get above, like you said, 15%. So that's not going to be what makes or breaks your differentiated lineups where we talk about roster percentages in tournaments. So I like these kind of slates because it does allow you to kind of pick and choose. But then we know, you know, on slates where there's like two or three obvious plays, for example, last week, Josh Allen, the pass catchers always get elevated with those guys because people are now stacking more than they used to. So we saw Steph Diggs was insanely popular across every format. So when the quarterback exposure is spread out, the wide receiver exposure tends to get spread out, which I love because then you can really take some shots in tournaments. I think really... I think you're going to see a lot of people this week that are open to paying down to maybe some choices that don't look great. Like Derek Carr's in a great matchup against Houston Texans at 5.9. Geno let people down last week. I think he's still going to be popular. 
like among those five quarterbacks at 5.6. So you can go that route. I don't know if I feel as comfortable with those quarterbacks. To me, if I knew that Mark Andrews if I knew that Mark Andrews was healthy and Rashad Bateman, I feel like Lamar would just be locked in my lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's so tricky, right? Because right now, we don't know who's playing. And if they were all healthy, Mark Andrews is incredible every week. He's a wide receiver. He is Lamar's wide receiver one. Rashad Bateman looks like he's coming back. But Mark Andrews hasn't practiced on Wednesday or Thursday, which is a huge concern with a knee issue. The matchup is perfect with Cleveland. They are just atrocious. Uh, bottom two in DVOA for both run and pass defense. Lamar has been running a ton. But I don't think you can go there and cash if Mark Andrews is out because you have the situation where essentially his wide receiver one is out and he's accounted for you know 33% of Lamar's targets. So can you get there in a tournament? Sure, of course, if he runs for you know 120 yards or something and pays it off that way. But if there is no Mark Andrews on this slate, I am not paying, playing uh, Lamar Jackson in cash. Are you saying that Mark Andrews' knee is the most important piece of information in our lives currently? I am checking notes. Yes, absolutely it is. It, it really does. Like I think it changes the slate because when we get to tight end, you'll see like he's the premier option. He's priced great on DraftKings. We love him. It does change things. If you didn't go Lamar, and we'll, we'll have to wait on some of that news information, thoughts on Joe Burrow, at home against Atlanta, nearly a touchdown favorite. Yeah, the nice thing about this Bengals team is that we've always been wanting Zach Taylor to unleash Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They finally are doing it, right? Their positive PROE, pass rate of our expectation over the last month has been incredible. The matchup with Atlanta certainly doesn't scare you. I think he's a great play if you kind of look for both safety and upside at his price. 6900 on DraftKings is awesome. I have a little bit of concern about the Bengals just from a tournament perspective this week because of what your boy Arthur Smith, who you love, um, what he wants to do on their side of the football, which is run whenever possible. Even when they're losing, they're trying to run the football. So Arthur wants Mariota to throw the ball 20 times in the game, right? And that just doesn't help overall upside. But can Joe Burrow get there for cash games? Can he get you 20 points and be good and move on? Absolutely in this spot. I know that I'm... Uh a Falcons pessimist, okay? But how dare you talk down to the NFC Offensive Player of the Week who was 13 <laughs> of 14 for 129 passing yards last week. 13 completions. <laughs> Get out of here, Marcus. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got a text right now from my brother. What's your latest on Dirty Mark and how's he going <laughs> to be this week for the Ravens? Dirty Mark. <laughs> oh, was, I love that. That is absolutely his nickname moving forward. Thank you very much, Kyle's brother. He actually said, your boy, Dirty Mark, and the boys, Andrews. <laughs> I just, what's so great about fantasy is that you can refer to anybody. And I love referring to players by their first name just because we're all supposed to know them. You know, like nobody calls, we, you and I, I don't know if we've ever called him Lamar Jackson. He's just Lamar. Like, like that's He's just our, Lamar. Now, my wife has no idea who Lamar is. Like that, that sounds like an old, an old person's name. But to us, it is very clear who Lamar is, right? Yeah. Lamar and same Odom. thing with Dak. We never, we never say, we never say Prescott. We're always, it's just Dak. Yeah. I threw in Lamar Odom just to uh, throw people <laughs> off. All right. So those are, those are our best quarterback plays. Can I throw out one more? Tom Brady let people down last week. I mean, he's an 11-point road favorite. Can you go there at 6.3? Yeah. I mean, like I said on the Tuesday show, 
we know that this team historically with Tom Brady has been extremely pass heavy. We've seen that even when they're up with a huge lead, they keep their foot, you know, pedal to the metal and they will keep throwing in the fourth quarter, even when they're up by two touchdowns or three touchdowns. But last week we saw them just completely make like I can't even put into words how terrible their game plan was against the Pittsburgh secondary that had three out of four of their starters in the backfield injured. They still ran the football a ton and they lost. So, yeah, I mean, you, he can get there again. Just looking at the slate, like when you look at optimal game environment, it is an extremely low total relative to the other ones on the slate. And Carolina starting P.J. Walker, who had like a .2 A dot last week. It is going to be ugly for Carolina. So will Tom Brady be pushed in the fourth quarter? I would be shocked. Um, and so I do think there's a lot of risk there. I don't think I'm going there in cash games. On FanDuel, I just want to mention, I mentioned Gino Smith earlier at 6,800. I think he's fine. I'm trending on this slate on FanDuel of playing Chiefs and playing Patrick Mahomes. And maybe that's more just a tournament play. But at 8,500, we know what that team wants to do. He's averaging 289 and 2.8 passing touchdowns. If you knew you could get that from Patrick Mahomes, you would lock that in your cash lineup. On a slate that's honestly like you could go anywhere at quarterback. So pay attention to our best plays that comes out on Saturday in the DFS pass because I, I might change my opinion, but we just gave, what, six quarterbacks, and I could see myself playing at least four of them. Yeah, and we're going to talk about you know Justin Herbert and his outlook as well. He's in play for sure. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of names on the list this week. At running back, it's a little bit easier. Josh Jacobs, and this isn't a hot take, he will be the most popular player on the slate at 6.5. Like, regardless, I think on both sides, but on DraftKings at, you know, as RB11, like, what's he going to hit in tournaments? Like, 35%? It depends on the, the size of the field. You know, large field type stuff, anywhere from 25 to 35 would not be surprising. Small field, he could push 50. Um, you know, that's... He's just underpriced on DraftKings. And looking at the last month of the season, he's top two in expected fantasy points. Like his role has just been so good. 24.3 touches per game over the last four coming out of the bye week. You know, he's getting work in both the, the ground and passing game. And the matchup couldn't be better against Houston. So he makes a lot of sense. He's a no-brainer cash lock for me this week on FanDuel for tournaments. He's pricing, man, 8600 You're not getting right. any discount over there. So I think it's a different conversation. Still a good cash play, but relative to uh, mispricing on DraftKings, it is a clear, obvious play. In cash, that means 75-plus percent in double-ups. Yep. So Josh Jacobs, we would say, is the locked-in cash play that you and I, I haven't even... And I haven't even thought about removing him. He's in there. And then Kenneth Walker is probably the second most popular name at 5.8 on DraftKings. I think he's a great play, too, on FanDuel. A little bit more expensive, 7.3. But Kenneth Walker's role is strong. We know that the Chargers are a run-funnel defense. So I think both of those are the no-brainer plays that everyone will look at. Uh, do you think people will use three running back builds as much as they did last week? I think so, because when you look at the wide receiver position, like... There's not as much obvious value right now. We might get some that open up. We're going to talk about the Chargers like, you know, Josh Palmer didn't practice on Wednesday. Keenan basically came out and said he doesn't think he'll play this week with the bye week looming next week. So there could be a couple opportunities that open up uh, for the cheap guys. But there's not a lot in like the mid range that is as strong as it was last week. And so I do think people are going to try to jam in the running backs because they project better. You got Joe Mixon in a really good spot. Eckler, if you want to spin up for him, just been a target monster with Keenan out of the lineup, um, and Seattle gives it up to pass-catch running back. So it's a good spot. There's so many places you can go 
And we didn't even mention Saquon Barkley. Like, there's so many strong plays at running back. I think this will be likely a three RB slate. Jason and I were going back and forth with his lineup that he does on the Friday show in the fantasy faceoff. And it felt pretty clear that you can spend up at one running back spot. Like, if you're going to play Jacobs, Walker, or somebody else, you can spend up to get to Saquon or get to Eckler. So I'm totally fine with either of those choices. On FanDuel, I think Zeke stands out as a awesome play at 6.9 against Detroit, who's been one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think that's about it at running back. We could get cute somewhere else, but I think those are our firm plays. I I like Brees Hall. I don't love the matchup against Denver. Um, so he's somebody that's kind of like on my peripheral. Maybe I'll look in a tournament if he gets six catches, then maybe he could pop off. But those are our main running backs. At wide receiver, we mentioned Zeke. I have C.D. Lamb showing up as one of the most popular receivers, maybe the most. So is that how you think people are going to play it? They're going to play Lamb and, you know, probably get off Zeke because they haven't seen a ceiling game? I mean, Lamb, from a cash game perspective, on DraftKings especially, makes a ton of sense. 6800 is so cheap for the role he's had. Now, that was not with Dak Prescott, but... We think we're getting a quarterback upgrade, obviously, in Dak coming in over Cooper Rush. They've also been a lot more conservative in their play calling with Cooper Rush. And if they open it up a little bit and let Dak throw, there's some risk there, I will say, because we don't know really with the thumb how healthy he is, how good he'll feel. And that could get worse like as the game goes on with as many reps as he's taking. So we have to kind of wait and see you know, what that looks like. But from a projection standpoint on paper, CeeDee Lamb is grossly misunderpriced for his role on DraftKings, he will be extremely popular again in cash games like pushing 40 50 percent um we have him right now in the early runs for DraftKings for tournaments looking around 28 to 30 percent so you're not going to sneak him by anyone i want a cowboy in my lineup all right they have the second highest team applied total i think it's just hard because i can see routes where they just spread it out and i gave the stat earlier in the week but they're one of two teams that haven't scored more than 20 fantasy points that's on Fanduel's format like, no offensive player has gotten there for them. Lamb's been fine. Like, he scored 18.7 twice, but uh, I want to see a ceiling game, and I think you're going to get it. I just don't know exactly who it's going to be. So, I think Lamb's great. In that kind of 6K range, we have Chris Godwin. We also have our boy T. Higgins at 6.4. Do you think he's healthy enough to roll out in cash? Because it's been scary the last two weeks. Yeah, I think he is trending in the right direction. It's so tough to say, you know, like where he's at. Is he 80%, 90%, that sort of thing? His injury was back in week four. The Sunday night mishap that he was active but didn't really play, you know, was the week after. So he's another week removed from that. So each week that goes by, we can start to feel more and more confident in his health. The nice thing is it's reflected in his price. So if you told me T. Higgins was fully healthy, the underlying metrics in his healthy games with Jamar Chase, he's getting just as much volume, earning as much as many targets, I should say, on a per route run basis. So yeah, it's what we talked about all last year. You know, he's just, DK doesn't give him the same respect in terms of his salary of what he can do. We know he's talented. It's an awesome matchup. The tricky thing is like Jamar Chase could go out for 150 and two. No one would be surprised, right? So it's tough to say where it's going to go, but from just a a medium projection standpoint, 6.4 on DK is is super strong. I also like Tyler Lockett. We're going to keep going back to him at 5.8. I think he's, He's off the injury report, right? Yeah, as of Wednesday. He's fine. If you want to go a little bit lower, Romeo Dobbs has a great spot against Washington, who ranks 32nd 
and adjusted schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver. On Tuesday, we mentioned Alec Pierce at 4.6. What are your thoughts as you kind of progress through the week? Because he's getting he's he's getting steamed as one of the more popular cheap plays, but I I can poke holes in it too with Matt Ryan. Yes, um, you know if Jonathan Taylor is active, that's what they want to do. Like Matt Ryan, they do not want Matt Ryan to throw the ball 50 times if possible to drop back 50 times. Um, so. I think there's a lot of risk with both receivers, actually. Even though it's a phenomenal matchup, what they need is Derrick Henry to come out and smash so that they throw the ball. You know, both offenses want to run. It's It could go either way. I don't really know. I don't feel super confident in Alec Pierce right now, mostly because I don't think we really need the savings with the way the slate's shaping up. Like, if you're not paying up for Lamar and you're playing Derek Carr or Joe Burrow or Geno, you save so much money, which we're not usually doing at quarterback. So in those builds, I don't th- think you really need to go there. And then we'll talk about tight end. Like if Mark Andrews doesn't play, you're punting that thing off, right, in cash. So you can save a ton of money elsewhere. He's fine. I just don't think he's a priority. That is a great point because I- I've seen him in a lot of lineups. Like in our Discord channel, people like him, and I, I-, I like him too. Tennessee's 31st in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receiver. The problem, the problem with locking that in so early on in the week is that you forget to see, like, you don't have to have him in your lineup. Like, if he was, if if Alec Pierce was 3.6 instead of 4.6, I would be more fine with it. Because you're getting savings and you're able to pay up elsewhere, but you really don't need it based on what the builds are looking like and if we're not playing Lamar. So, yes, I totally agree. I will mention Debo once again. I will be playing him in FanDuel on cash, and I've been toying around with lineups if I were to play him on DraftKings the problem is Debo's never going to be a guy that gets 10 receptions. That's just not who he is. So he's a much better play on FanDuel where it's more touchdown dependent. Uh, but I think he's a great play. Uh, any other names you want to mention? I mean, earlier in the week, we talked about Romeo Dobbs. I still think he's okay at 5K. But like I said, just depending on what the slate context looks like, you might not need to go down there. And right now, we don't have a lot of awesome pump plays where early in the week we're just jamming them in. So it really, to me, comes down to Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. If those, if if Andrews for whatever reason is out, I'm not playing Lamar, and so I'm saving money at quarterback and therefore not punting it at wide receiver. I'm gonna give you two more names just to consider. Uh, Brandon Cooks at 6K. He's gonna show up. If you're using our optimizer, Brandon Cooks shows up a lot because it's just safe. He always does. He's a good points <laughs> per dollar. Time. So are you interested in that in cash on the road against the Raiders? Did, well, did you see what happened? I, I missed kind of like the practice stuff from Wednesday. It was a, a DNP, but it was a coach's decision, and they labeled it as rest. What, is there anything to that from like a trade rumor standpoint? There, that's been part of it. So he's a veteran. So there's part of that. You could see it. They were just coming off the bye, which made it even more weird. Uh, there were some stories that they, you know, they let go somebody in the front office that apparently Brandon Cooks was close to. So that's part of it. But Brandon Cooks is one of those players like you never know where he's at like he he changes his mind he's been on what four or five teams so i I mean if he plays i think he's a great projection i wanted to put this player as a slate breaker but and we'll we'll get to that segment later but i really like nico collins this week he's one of my favorite dart throws yeah but can he break the slate oh he can break the slate baby with davis i don't know about that at 5k (laughs) that stack you're, you're, oh man! I want you to disagree with me really bad right now. I want you to. Uh, Davis Mills. Okay. End of conversation. <laughs> but Nico- no, I think 
I think it's interesting from a, a GPP leverage dart throw situation for sure. Assuming Cooks plays, because if Cooks doesn't play, I think it'll be popular. Yeah, for sure. No, I want Cooks to play so that I can at least if I'm if I'm not game stacking that one, I can just play Jacobs and Collins, and I can be okay in a tournament with Jacobs's roster percentage, and then just get a cheap piece like Collins, and hopefully he catches a long bomb. He's the air odds guy, man. I mean, that's 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 all we care about, right? In the analysis, just chasing those air yards, baby. That's the best thing about analysis with air yards is you can just say like, "Oh, they're getting a huge air yard share," and then like most of the time it doesn't work out, like Darnell yep. Mooney or whatever. <laughs> but at least you could mention it. Uh, so those are our wide receivers at tight end. We mentioned Mark Andrews, seven point four. He is a great, great play this week. Like super great. We like Gerald Everett, kind of in that middle range at four K. And then if you want to punt some stuff off the bridge, you can go there. I'm not super interested in Kate Otten because there's another tight end that you and that I think will be more popular and is even cheaper. It's your boy Greg D. Oh, and much better better hair, better facial hair. I mean, yeah. That is a reason enough to play Greg Dulcich over Kate Otten. Greg Dulcich, sidebar here. I, I have a fond memory. It was only like, I don't know, five, six months ago. But I was sitting at our studio, our humble little studio here, watching in the middle of the day the NFL Draft Combine, watching tight ends run drills. That's my job. And Greg Dulcich, here comes this man with this hair and this stash, just destroying. Like He looked like the best tight end out there, better than Trey McBride. And he finds himself in a good spot. Now, he, I'll say this. Greg D caught that touchdown on Monday night. He was wide open. And... I don't know how good it's going to be. Like, I think he's going to get steamed up too much, but because he was on Monday night, his pricing stuck. So at 2.5, are you going to punt with him? I mean, a lot of this depends on Russell Wilson. And I don't even know if I can really say this, but like, if another quarterback plays, is that that big of a deal? <laughs> like, he's been so bad. So he has the, the shoulder issue, he's got the hamstring issue. They've been a, reportedly early in the week in practice giving reps to Brett Rippin in case he has to start. And uh, Josh Johnson, who's been on like 12 teams in the league at this point or something. So quarterback play is a major concern, regardless of who's playing, truthfully. But at 2.5K, you know, you could certainly get three points and it wouldn't really kill your cash lineup. So for the savings, he makes sense. But I just want to let people know the floor is a literal zero on Greg Dulcich. Brett Rippin's cool, man. I'm a, I'm a Brett Rippin guy. <laughs> Boise State. Analysis. Like, Brett Rippin is cool, man. <laughs> dude, Brett Rippin's a fun player. Uh, I, I think there was like a Thursday night is game. <laughs> there was a Thursday night game between these two teams. Do you remember that a couple years ago? Broncos and Jets where he was a starting quarterback? Yep. Yeah, I mean, You had to do a write-up. That's all I remember is that you had to write up a yeah. Brett Rippin game. Max Payne doing that. Um, Foster Moreau is the other cheap option if Darren Waller sits. Do we have any update on Waller? Uh, we don't have anything from Thursday yet, but he did not practice on Wednesday coming out of the bye. A little bit of a red flag. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I feel like Moreau's a, I mean, it's 2.8. It's a little bit more expensive, but I think he's a stronger play than Greg D. But if you need to save the money, go ahead and do it. At defense, I have the Jets in my lineup right now at 2.6. I know they're playing on the road at Denver. I also wouldn't mind if you went the other way and just wanted to spend a little bit more and get the Broncos at home against Zach Wilson, who really hasn't been asked to throw so those are two of the defenses i like do you have a certain lean yeah i mean the jets right now just look like the best punt play on the slate based off 
the quarterback situation, which we just talked about, I kind of want Russell Wilson in there, truthfully. I mean, he has been god-awful, and now he has limited mobility with the hamstring if he plays. So it's recipe for success for the Jets, especially considering we always think about the Jets as just being this you know, cakewalk joke of a team from last year. They've actually been pretty solid on defense. So if if it's Russ, I mean, truthfully, if it's Russ or Brett Rippon or whoever, they are the punt play this week for me. On FanDuel, you can also look at the Bengals, 3.6. They're affordable at home against the Falcons if you want to go there as well. Before we talk about the games, we're going to stack. Let's take a quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Last week, we only had two games that we discussed, and the slate is looking a little bit better this week, like to the point where, all right, I'm kind of excited to stack this week. All right, is that how you're feeling? Yeah, definitely better than last week for sure. All right, let's talk about these games. Stack Attack. This week, we have a couple of different games that we want to attack with that we think, hey, this can work for tournaments specifically. And I want to first highlight a game that beginning of the week seemed like the sure standout as the highest total, but there's a lot of injuries on the Los Angeles Chargers side. So let's talk about this. Seattle Seahawks at Los Angeles Chargers, 51 total. Chargers are six-point favorites. We've been following the Seahawks around for, it feels like, a month. Just, just hey, Gino, what are you going to do? Defense, what are you going to do? Can we confidently use the Chargers side in a stack knowing they might not have Keenan Allen, they might not have Joshua Palmer, and Big Mike, you know, on Monday night, it looked rough. They couldn't do anything at all. They couldn't scheme him open. He's a contested catch guy. So are you interested in stacking the Chargers this week? Yeah, I am. I mean, part of that Monday night issue, like, Pat Sertain's been awesome, like, unreal in coverage this year. And he put, you know, the lockdown on, on Big Mike and that led to a lot of the Eckler checkdowns. But this game has the highest total on the slate. And there is a lot of money coming in on Seattle to keep it close. It opened at uh, seven points. It is now six for the spread in favor of the Chargers. I think this game does stay close. So you could get a back and forth affair from these two teams. And the Chargers we know from the last couple of years with Staley are up in pace. They're up in neutral pass rate, which they are this year in pace again. Seattle very quietly is also up there in pace. You could see a ton of plays back and forth. I think it makes a lot of sense. And then you look at kind of the pass catchers for Justin Herbert. It could be very condensed of where the ball goes. If there's no Keenan Allen, if there's no Josh Palmer, then big Mike is in a great spot. 
Gerald Everett, I think, is in a really good spot against Seattle, who gives it up to everyone. Like a career day to Zach Ertz last week. He's always, you know, six for 45. Last week, Zach Ertz went off. So Everett, I think, is in play. Big Mike is in play. Herbert is off the injury report for the first time since week two with the rib issue. Eckler, we talked about, is great. There are so many places you can go. I love this game for the Chargers. And sneaky note on Gerald Everett, uh, Donald Parham is in the concussion protocol, quietly has been running routes, taking a little bit of production from Everett. If Parham is out, upgrade Gerald Everett. Yeah, Everett missed practice. We're recording on Thursday with an illness, uh, but I think he'll be fine. Usually those things, when they pop up, they're fine by the end of the week. I If Everett's in, I think that a double stack with Herbert makes a ton of sense, and it makes even more sense because of how popular the Seattle players are. Like, I looking at our early roster percentage report, I have Geno... At least on FanDuel, he's one of the most popular quarterbacks. Ken Walker is going to be, you know, 25-plus percent. And then Lockett's going to be up there. Metcalf's probably going to be top 10 of wide receivers. Like, people are going to be playing the Seattle side, which is kind of weird, right? The favorited team that has the highest team implied total on the slate actually is showing up lower for team stack purposes in roster percentage report. And maybe it's just because Eckler's so expensive. Like, on FanDuel, that is a large price to eat for a player that's you know not really the prototypical running back like he catches passes and he's done pretty well on the ground but you need touchdowns from Austin Eckler so are you interested in stacking the Seattle side knowing how popular they are it's tough because you know Gino's gonna be popular and Lockett is gonna be popular again which kind of was the case last week then you look at Ken Walker, he's projected for over 25% right now in tournaments. So to me, when I look at this from a GPP standpoint perspective, I love DK Metcalf. He was kind of the, the quote-unquote GPP play last week. Lockett was the cash play. You can go to both guys, obviously. Just manage your roster percentage in total if you are playing Lockett. But this is quietly an awesome, awesome spot for both these guys. The Chargers, 28th in DVOA on deep passes over 15 yards down the field and that's where both these guys you know make their big plays Lockett and Metcalf so they're both great plays Metcalf too is not really flying under the radar he's like 15 percent in tournaments is what I'm looking at so the tricky part is it's popular it's popular for good reason you're not getting super good leverage on any of these plays so just be mindful of other spots in your lineup if you are going to stack this game yeah, I, I lean Metcalf right now in tournaments but I can't I mean you and I are all about Lockett you can play him in cash Hardest part. And real quick too, Kyle, before we move on from Lockett, I misspoke earlier. He actually didn't practice on Wednesday. I wanted to make sure everyone knew that. Oh, wow. I, I didn't see that. I was going to say the hardest part about Seattle, I mentioned it last week, and I, I keep looking back and I'm like, one of their tight ends is probably going to catch a touchdown. Is it going to be a Noah Fant, Will Disley, Parkinson? And that just ruins a lot of the projections where I, I want a ceiling game out of the others, but they spread it around. But I like this game. I think pace-wise, it's probably the best. It's the highest in our GPS scores in our pace of play article. So for me, I, I will probably lean on double stacking Herbert if I knew that Everett was healthy. Uh, I really wish Keenan Allen was in this game just because I love him, but also we need him. Uh, but what's your Vegas take? Dude, give me the Seahawks. I'm going to cover the spread here. I was impressed last week that the Seahawks took care of business. They Their defense looked great against the Cardinals, although maybe I should readjust how I think about the Cardinals every single week. But yes, I think I'll take the six points. Like, if this line was more at like four and a half, 
Five, I, I'd be interested, but six points, that's a lot. I will take the Seahawks as well. Next game, Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. The DraftKings Sportsbook line is Dallas minus seven, and the over-under is at 49. This matchup is great. Like this, There's so many pieces here. I'm most interested to see what you're going to say about Amon Ross St. Brown because we haven't mentioned him. He's full in practice. Are you going to be playing him? He is looking like he will be less than 10% in tournaments. His price is cheaper than it was when we were trying to jam him in into every cash lineup in weeks one and two. So yes, I am playing Amon Ross St. Brown in tournaments for the ceiling that he's shown, not only because of the fact that we know he's kind of the safe PPR guy, but he's giving us 100-yard games and eight catches and upside, right? The matchup is difficult with Dallas for sure, especially when you consider how good they are at getting after the quarterback and pressure. But on throws where Jared Goff is pressured, Amon Ross St. Brown is the first read for Jared Goff. And so you could see, you know, Micah Parsons and company getting after Goff and Amon Ra just racking up you know, 10 targets in this game. No one should be surprised by that. And as of this recording, we don't know if DeAndre Swift is out. If DeAndre Swift does not play, you could see even more targets in the short intermediate passing game for Amon Ra. So yes, if he is less than 10% in tournaments, fire away. I think that's the key point is what is the health of DeAndre Swift? Dallas's defense is intimidating, but they have given up the third highest explosive rush rate. And if there's anything we've seen from DeAndre Swift this year, it's big plays did you know he's averaging 8.6 yards per carry? Wow. It, That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> skewed from a couple of big runs early on, but I want DeAndre Swift to play because I think it will elevate this game even more. If DeAndre Swift is out, are you interested in Jamal Williams at 6,100? I mean, he's not... It's so tricky, right? Because he's like not the free square. Like, you know, Benjamin was 4,600 last week or something. So you're not really getting a super big discount on him. And again, we talked about this. The slate doesn't really look like you need to go down to these pump plays to save a lot of, of salary. So I don't think he's a priority. Um, he certainly is in play. His role, though, just to warn people, like is not the three-down role of super elite pass catching that DeAndre Swift has when he's there without Williams. So he'll get the goal line work. We know that's in play. He's been good. But again, he's just not necessarily an elite above, you know, over-the-top type of jam in play. I think he's fine. I think everyone looks at this game and just thinks we've seen a bad Detroit defense and they've been the arguably the worst in football and think that Dak is coming back and this just can be a game that hits 70 plus points. These teams want to run the ball. Like that's what Detroit would prefer to do and that's what Dallas has shown they want to do. And maybe that's a fact that they just wanted to hide Cooper Rush and give him, you know, easier opportunities. But there is a path where this game is slow and they run the ball with Zeke and Detroit is inefficient against a really good Dallas defense, and this game hits the under. So stacking this game, I want pieces. I definitely want pieces of the Dallas offense. But are you fully stacking with Dak, saying, I want Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and bring it back with a Monroe? I mean, it's definitely an option. The, the nice thing about this game is that, like you said, you could see both scenarios. You could see Dak fully healthy. You could see Dallas return to up and and pace, up in pass rate. And so then the ceiling for the pass catchers would obviously be a lot higher against a Lions defense that is dead last in yards per play allowed. So the matchup on paper is beautiful. But like I said, there is downside to Dak's overall health. If they get up by two touchdowns, are they really going to force him to keep throwing in the end of the third and fourth quarter with a thumb first game back? Probably not, right? So I think it's okay to chase the upside in this game. But just be careful. Be you know, be ready that there is downside here. 
That said, we play in GPPs for upside. Nothing else really matters. So yeah, you can stack up Dak. And in those scenarios, I would be running it back with Amon Ross St. Brown because in theory, if Dallas is having success and they are you know, getting out to a big lead and, and being pushed, we need Dak to keep going to hit the ceiling. And in that scenario, the Lions are having success. So I would be really careful and thoughtful about how I play that game. But yeah, for sure. The total is on the rise. It's up a half point from Tuesday when we talked. And like we talked about, there's a lot of good value plays in this game. So yeah, I think it's a great game to, to look at. Yeah, you look back at what Detroit's done. Week one, Jalen Hurts was the QB4. Week two, Carson Wentz, QB5. Week three, Cousins, QB10. Geno had a big game. And then right before the bye, they got smashed by the Patriots 29-0 by your boy, Bailey Zappi, who you know didn't have a great fantasy game, but it was it was very, very predictable. He's a winner, dude. That's all he does. Dude, him and Cooper Rush, they just hang out together, although Rush has a blemish now. The tight ends and Michael Gallup, I think, are the ways to get different in this game. Can I talk you into any of those guys? I think I'm out on TJ Hawkinson, especially at 4,800. Like, it's not really an elite value at that tag. Um, so not super interested there. One thing with the Lions real quick, though, just to monitor, like, DJ Chark has is not practicing currently, and he hasn't played since week three. We also need to monitor kind of what happens with Josh Reynolds, who's on the injury report. So just see what happens. But as it stands now, if those guys are are playing or whatever, Hawkinson's not really an elite separator, an elite difference maker to me at 4,800. He's a pass. Dalton Schultz, again, it's fine to mix in. He's 3,600. But the knee issue is real. We haven't seen him be productive in a month, basically. And, you know, there's not really a safe floor there. Again, in GPPs, take a shot if you want. But I don't have a lot of conviction on him. I'm interested to see where Gallup shows up in our roster percentage report because he's one of those players, you and I always talk, the way to get leverage on a popular wide receiver one is to play the wide receiver two, which has just as much a strong correlation. And we've seen Gallup have those blow-up games. Like, he has the profile of a player, then go for 102. Like, that's what that's what I want. So, 5,100 on DK, 6,100 FanDuel. Last week, he had 76% of the snaps and seven targets. Those are both season highs. So... If Gallup is, is Gallup under, I'm going to guess right now, under 7%. Right now, I have him at 8 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, 7.5. Okay. So that's about where I, I thought he would be, which means he's not a dart throw. Dude, you're pretty good at this. I, it's like I do this for my job or something. Uh, it's kind of. Yeah, I, I think I think Gallup's interesting, but not sneaky. I, I think you need to realize that, that you're not just picking a player that no one else has thought of because of how popular CD Lamb is. But give me your Vegas pick. I'm taking the Lions, plus the points here. I'm leaning towards the under. And if I knew DeAndre Swift was out, then that would lead me even more towards the under. But I just think these teams want to play slow. I don't think Detroit is a good, efficient offense. I think they can keep up if needed, but this is the best defense they're going to see. And Dallas has the highest pressure rate in the NFL. So I will take the under right now at 49. All right, let's talk about one more game. It's a rematch from the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City is minus 2.5. The over-under is 48.5. And at the beginning of the week, I would have said this is a really fun game that we need to be attacking. And I think you still can. The problem is the laundry list of players on the 49ers who are just, just de they're decimated by injuries. And it was, was that last year or the year before where they had like one of the record of like, you know, most injured games lost? Like, I feel like they've had some bad luck and their defense is just destroyed. 
Yeah, I think it's been the last like two years. Last year, the Ravens were the most injured team in the NFL, but San Francisco right there. And I don't know why, but the trend continues this year. They're down their top corner. Emmanuel Mosley, he's out with ACL for the year. Traverius Ward has a groin issue. He looks questionable, unlikely to pay, play. Both starting safeties look unlikely to play. Nick Bosa is dealing with a groin issue. If he's back, he's not 100% yet. Javon Kinlaw is still on IR and then DL. And then Eric Armstead is dealing with the foot issue. They could be down five, six, seven starters on defense against Patrick Mahomes. This line to me doesn't make sense. Why is Casey only favored by two and a half points? I think Mahomes rolls here. He has great splits. Actually, on the road, his fantasy production is even better than at home. I took team total over for Casey over 25 and a half, and I laid it with Casey minus two and a half. Probably kind of a square play, and, and let's see what happens. It'll be wrong. But on paper, I think Mahomes goes off in this game. So you're telling me this is your take, like, Mahomes is good at football. Let's back him. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going I'm going deep this week, Kyle. I, I really like it. I I do think that San Francisco can fight back, and that there's lots of room on that side to stack. So I think what I'm more saying in this game is that I like the Chiefs with you. I think it's still a guessing game of who the other wide receiver is. Like, is it a Juju week? Is it MVS week? But that there's a chance this week against a beat up San Francisco team. But if you wanted to just say, I want Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then you bring it back with like Debo, that is not that complicated. And I don't think it will be as popular as it should be. Yeah, it's not going to be because it's super expensive to fit all that in. So we have to kind of see like where it fits in value and if you're giving up a lot of projection to play it. But on paper, it looks awesome. Um, Kelsey has faced the Niners twice with Mahomes as, as the quarterback in those games. He's gone six forty-three and one, and eight for one fourteen. So he's had success. And the thing about like secondary injuries from a, a football guy take is that when there's a lot of them, especially both safeties potentially out, and they're also missing a starting linebacker. I forgot to mention that. That is an upgrade for Kelsey, but also they are more likely to play zone to protect themselves with backup corners. Who, by the way, it's going to be a fifth round rookie from last year and a fifth round rookie from this year taking on Pat Mahomes. Good luck. Um, and in those spots, they play zone. Travis Kelsey has just destroyed zone in his career. So I think it's a Kelsey blow up spot. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that complicated in this. I, I don't love CEH just because if there is one spot where I think San Francisco has been stout, it's in the run game. Now, maybe Kansas City gets ahead and they milk the clock, but they'll use people like Pacheco in that role too. I think it's really simple in this game. I think Debo's in a smash spot. They've been killed by wide receiver ones. And we mentioned on Tuesday, they've given up the most running back receptions in the NFL. So don't get too cute there. Jimmy G looks like a value, but if you go back through his last 20 starts, he's only four X on his salary twice. So what are, I mean, what are you going to get from Jimmy G? Let's say he has, you know, 250 and three touchdowns at 5.5. That's fine in cash, but I think there's other quarterbacks that just have massive ceilings of 300 plus yards, three touchdowns, which is kind of what you're saying Mahomes is going to get. So is Jimmy G kind of like, yeah, that's cute, but what are you really going to get? Yeah. Like if he beats me, he beats me. I'm going to let other people maybe play him. I just don't see the overall ceiling for Jimmy. That said, can he throw two touchdowns and support Debo as an elite play or Ayuk as an elite play or Kittle Yes, absolutely. So don't hear what we're not saying. I think Jimmy G can be successful and teams are throwing on Kansas City at the highest rate in football because their offense is elite. And when they are elite, they push other teams to throw. As we saw last week, 
when the Niners went up against the buzzsaw in Atlanta, they had to throw. So yeah, Jimmy G can get the job done for his pass catchers. Can he be a GPP winning quarterback? I'd be very surprised. Yeah, he supported Ayuk last week. I like Kittle as kind of a tournament leverage play off of Kelsey in this game. I mean, you're not going to be playing. Him. You're not going to be playing two tight ends in the same game, right? Probably not. I think if you're playing Kittle, it's more of like a one-off type of situation. But I mean, I lo- I love Kittle this week. The underlying metrics have been so good. NBA Jam rules, Kyle. He's kind of heating up, right? He hasn't had a game yet where he's gone off. But the last two weeks, five for forty-seven, meh, not great. But 20% target share last week, 8 for 83, 24% target share. And over the last three weeks, 64% of the routes, 81% of the routes, 90% of the routes. Currently looks under 10% on both sites. That looks like a standout GPP play to me. 5,300 on DraftKings is juicy because if you're playing Kittle, you're saying he's going to hit that 100-yard bonus. And we know that he can. He has these huge spike games, yards after the catch. That's where I want to play him. On FanDuel, it's fine. But on DraftKings, I think he's an elite tournament leverage option. So we like this game, but I think we both have the same take. You said earlier, Kansas City minus two and a half, and I will take the same exact thing because I am not a dummy. All right, we got some props. Prop it like it's hot. That's let's give our props, and then, then, then we'll do our slate breakers. I love it. I'm a pro. All right, you go first with your prop. Let's just keep rolling right into that same game we just talked about. We just talked about San Francisco. We just talked about Kansas City. You mentioned Kansas City giving up the most running back receptions and yards in the league. Let's go with Kyle Juszczyk. Yes, sir. Over 11.5 receiving yards. Got that at minus 110 on bet MGM. He's been over this line in four straight weeks. Let's keep it rolling. Friend of the show, by the way, Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, yeah. He's been on the show before. My prop, I am very proud of, and even more proud of our friendship because I added this, and you came and messaged me. We were in the middle of recording this morning, and you said, hey, Kyle, what do you think about Taylor Heineke under 225 passing yards? And I said to myself, you know what, Betts? That's a a fine prop. Check the article because I added it. (laughs) I added it. So I'm giving people a free one that we have in our article it's Taylor Heineke. In case you didn't know, he's going to be starting for the Washington Commanders this week. Last year, he averaged 219 passing yards per game. And it was very clear over the back half of the year when Antonio Gibson was having his run, they did not want Taylor Heineke to drive anymore. They said, hey, we want to make sure that you are not killing us with turnovers. So he averaged in the back half of the year 186 passing yards per game in those eight starts. They want to establish it with Brian Robinson. And Ron Rivera even came out and said, hey, we want to give more touches to Antonio Gibson. I think this is a easy call and a very, very slow game. These teams rank bottom four in neutral situation pace. So give me under for Taylor Heineke's passing yards. And I don't even mind his attempts. I think it's like at 32 and a half, somewhere around there. 32 and a half. And the under was like minus 105 or something last time I looked. I actually took it. So I think both those are awesome props. I, I love this one this week. All right. We're going to go into our slate breakers and... We have a, a very special uh, sponsor this week. I mean, it, it took us moving things. I mean, Brooks had to throw so much money at this, but it is another 90s great toy. It's uh, the Easy Bake Oven was actually our sponsor this week. <laughs> oh, an elite toy in that decade. Yes, everyone, if you're a 90s kid, you you know about that. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that there's no health issues with anybody that's eating stuff from the Easy Bake Oven. They've had no recalls. I'm sure the Easy nope. Bake Oven was super, super great. So give me your slate breaker presented by Easy Bake Oven. Breaking news, Kyle. I'm This is scary. I'm going to fade the snow model this week, dude. It is not projected to be snowy in Vermont. I looked. Projected to be in the 50s and the 60s. That is not Derrick Henry territory. But let me tell you, my friend, he's playing the Colts. And the last time these two teams played, he went 22, 114, and 1 on the ground and 3 for 33 on 5 targets through the air. There's a rule in DFS, and it is if Derrick Henry is less than 10%, you play him in GPPs. Right now, he is looking like that on DraftKings with people paying down you know, for Josh Jacobs, for Ken Walker, those kind of guys. People are not going to pay up for Derrick Henry. I think it's a great spot. I think he rolls. They're at home. Last Three weeks before their bye, number one in expected fantasy points at the position. Let's go, big dog. What's so funny, I mean, we talked about that game this morning, and I included a full weather report for Jason. <laughs> we talked through it. We looked through the local so weather. <laughs> we looked at northern, you know, we looked at New York, like areas that I have no idea exist. You did because you used to live up there, you know, uh, in Vermont. And Jason and I went through the cities and just said, city by city, is it going to snow there? Is it going to snow there? And... <laughs> nothing's projected through Saturday night in Vermont. And I had the same exact conclusion of just saying, can we just like not like follow the snow model this week and just <laughs> go for it? So I am with you, my friend. I think it is a, uh, I think it's a great spot. My slate breaker this week is none other than a man who felt really bad about pushing someone over, but it's Devonte Adams. And I think he really was remorseful. He felt bad. He's still going to get sued. Uh, Devonte Adams on FanDuel is 8,600, which presents him as a major value. He's 8,700 in DraftKings. But on FanDuel, I think he's a great play against the Texans. 10.8 targets per game and an insane 42% air yard share. Anytime I, I hear the word air yard share, I'm already excited. I want it. Uh, but this team has a 26-point <laughs> team implied total. That I'm I, excited. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I want to play this player. They have a good air yard share. Nico Collins, great air yard share. Play him. But Devontae Adams, I think people will be playing so much Josh Jacobs this week that he's the clear leverage point in that game. And I think they're going to roll. I think they're going to beat the Texans. So Devontae Adams, uh, you feeling the same way? I mean, Darren Waller's injured too. So yeah, he's this is classic GPP 101. Josh Jacobs is chalk. If he fails, Devontae Adams goes off. Yeah, you, you got to take a shot in a GPP. Yeah, that, that's you're taking people to school. You're just showing them the, you know, this is DFS. For the rest of us, this is 101 stuff. I mean, this is stuff you wrote down in your note. People wrote this in their notebook on Tuesday, right? Obviously. Yeah. Make sure you share your notes where there's a class. Let's get into some questions. Mailbag. Mailbag. You can get your questions best answered in our premium Discord channel for members at jointhefoot.com. This first question is from a Discord member. Mullet over. Ask this question. I'm in a 20-player Weekly league on DraftKings with some friends and the top three cash. How would you approach this construction for this type of pool? Is it cash or is it GPP strategy? I think it mostly depends on how sharp your friends are. Like if they're super plugged in and they kind of know what's going on, then you probably need to get a little different in your lineup. But if it's like, you know, 20 buddies from high school or college or whatever, and they're kind of not really into it or they're just kind of more casual players, then you can probably play mostly a chalk, you know, cash lineup and then just get like one or two different pieces. I don't think you have to go super, 
unique in this sort of format. Yeah, do cash and maybe if you want to mix in one thing just to get just have fun and be different, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm in a league with some friends and from like our 12 person home league, there's like six people that go into it every single week. And you know, I throw in my cash lineup and I most of the time I'm winning. But last week, you know, one of my friends just randomly pieced together a lineup that had like, I don't know, Brandon Ayuk and just like these random players together that ended up like outpacing the rest of us. And it's so frustrating when you have people that are just like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this lineup together and they beat you. So shows you what I know. Next question from Evan Schlow on Twitter. Can I get at least 20 points from Davis Mills? I sure hope so. I am stuck in a 14 team league with my steel underpants on this week playing Davis Mills with Jalen Hurts on bye. So I sure hope so. But he has hit 20 plus fantasy points in three games of his starts going back to last last year. That's 16 games. Three out of 16 is is not great. The matchup, though, is incredible against the readers. So I hope so. That's my answer. I mean, that's what you're asking him at that price is to 4X. Can he 4X? Yes. I would put the percentage at 25%. Maybe Seems 30. Fair. That's a, Seems fair. That's a little higher than what he's done, but... Yeah, but okay, so let's say you did get that. You got 20 points from Davis Mills in a GPP. So, like, I mean, you're competing against a Patrick Mahomes who, if he does what he's going to do, is 30-plus or Lamar 30-plus. So you're really going to have to make it up elsewhere, and you really need that game if you're stacking it, Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, whatever, and then whoever you're bringing it back with to fully come through. So it can work. He's more of like, it's cute that you're that price, but we're not going to use you, right? Yep. Next question from JWAF. I'm considering an onslaught Bengals build. Do I dare look at Pitts for the bring back? Man. Everything in my in my TFS mindset says yes. It's Kyle Pitts. His ceiling is incredible. He's so good. I mean, the Falcons, dude, they, they do not want Marcus Mario to throw the football. And even when they are playing from behind, they're still going to run the football at a high rate. So can he break a long play and pay it off? Absolutely. Is it a quote-unquote good play from a projection standpoint based off how little they are throwing the football? No. I think you can even take the Bengals. If you want to double-stack Joe Burrow and just ignore the Falcons, I think that is totally fine this week. He's tempting. He's super tempting on DraftKings when you look at... Yeah, 4300 is insanely cheap. It's the problem is you just know you know that ten targets are not on the table. Like nope. that's that's not what you're, you're lucky to get. get like six. So then, what are you really going to get? Like, if you got four for forty five and a touchdown, that's not going to break the slate. It's not no. a slate breaker. No, he's not a slate breaker. He's a. No. I I regrettably drafted him in the third round, and I hope I get four for forty five. I mean, I'm in my home league, and I'm asking myself, I have Kyle Pitts. Do I want to play Taysom Hill, or do I want to pick up somebody else and just roll with it? Like, that's that's where I'm at. What's fun is we'll know, you know, when people listen to this on Friday, we'll know how Taysom did last night, so we'll see how it goes. Right now, I'm playing Pitts. Okay. Well, what you know would you what? do? Taysom asking probably went off. for me. What would you do? I mean, I play Live. Taysom. I think he's got a better ceiling. I don't need ceiling. Okay, I would play Taysom Hill. He's got a better floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Dang it. All right. We'll see. 
Problem with the Falcons brought up this stat on our show today. They rank second in the league in rush rate when trailing in the second half. So when this team is trailing, what do they want to do, Bets? They want to run the ball. That's good old Arthur. That's upsetting. All right. A couple more questions here from Jordan. Is there a roster percentage threshold you guys use to eliminate players from your player pool? Or if the percentage is Tyler Lockett from this past weekend, example, that high, do you roll with that player no matter the contest? So this is one of those questions that's kind of difficult to answer because it really depends on the contest you're playing, whether it's large field or, or smaller field type stuff. You know, Lockett, for example, or the running backs that are popular any, any given week, a lot of the stuff I play in where it's like 200 to 500 entrants, those plays get so condensed. And so then you're looking at a player, not that that's 30%, you're looking at a guy that's 40, 45%. And it's a very different conversation than in a large field millimaker maker where he might only be 20%, right? So that really matters to me. Um, I don't necessarily eliminate certain players at a certain point. You just need to be mindful if you're playing that player. You can't also surround that same player who's, let's say, 30% with other, you know, three 30% guys. You just have to be able to get different elsewhere. So it depends on how strong the play is. It depends on your contest. The biggest takeaway, though, is just be mindful of overall cumulative roster percentage. Eliminating a player is is a big step to say, I'm just taking a massive stance against the field. I don't know if you and I, we usually would say come in underweight, uh, you know, don't roll with this player. Like Tyler Lockett was a good play from a projection standpoint, from a game pace standpoint, all that stuff this past week. And he busted and it was bad. So did DK Metcalf. But in overall game theory approach, you would say if Tyler Lockett went off, he's the type of player that you would want in a lineup because he's one of the few people that can get 30 plus points in a week. I mean, there's not a ton of wide receivers that you can say they're going to hit Michael Pittman. For instance, I've looked at him on the slate. He's like wide receiver four in pricing. Can Michael Pittman hit 35 points? Like, I don't think so. Like he's not that type of player. He's solid, but you want players that can break it. So eliminating players is not something I would do if they have that high of a ceiling but if you're saying, I'm just not stacking this game, I'm going to go underweight, that's a different conversation as well. I would just say, look at a player's roster percentage and then figuring out what are the other types of gymnastics you can do around that. So Josh Jacobs, let's use him. Josh Jacobs is going to be 30 plus percent. What are the different things that you can do to get different and still play Josh Jacobs? Like you don't have to ignore him and just say he's popular, don't play him. But I want Josh Jacobs with a, you know, bring back of Nico Collins, who's less popular, or I want Josh Jacobs and I'm going to have Devonte Adams in my lineup and Brandon cooks and say, this game goes off and I want to have a part of it. So I don't know any thoughts on that kind of theory. The other thing too, yeah, just to kind of keep going with that conversation is just, it depends on the player, you know, like you were saying, if a guy has a ceiling, it's not necessarily a great idea every time to fade him. But like week one last year, as an example, we talk about a lot, Mark was Callaway was 3,700 or whatever, and like 30% in GPPs. No one knows if Marcos Callaway entering week one is going to be good, but the field assumed he would be good because he's so cheap. That to me is an easy cross off your GPP list. But let's say there's a given week, you know, Devonta Adams is taking on the worst secondary in the league, whoever that is, and he's going to be 25%. I'm not going to X out Devonta Adams. He can go crazy. Marcos Callaway cannot go crazy. Yeah, it... it- you also, just last thing I'll say is you can take out player names. You can take out player matchups and just say player X. They are 25% rostered. What do I think their ceiling is in this game? 
Like, can they hit 30-plus points? And you can tell yourself a story about anybody, but it takes out a lot of the bias and it takes out a lot of the other stuff if you just look at them as this is what this player could do or could not do. Last question from Seth Rosam. How often do you guys play a lineup with no stacks at all based on just the best plays, or is that done in GPP or cash, if at all? This is Cash Games 101. Play the best plays. That's what I'm always trying to do. And if a stack comes in because it projects super well, for example, last week, Allen and Diggs, then I'll play it. But, you know, in cash, we're not necessarily actively looking to stack. I'm never looking to purposely put a stack in. In GPPs, I absolutely am every single time. Yeah, in GPPs, there's no question. Like, I'm building... I'm probably first building around that. Like, that's how I'm starting. If it's a single entry, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to start with a Herbert... Uh, Gerald Everett stack and then bring it back with Lockett. Like, and that's like my first three pieces I put in, in my lineup. And then from there, I figure out the other correlation pieces or the cheap pieces I need to add into that lineup. Start with the stack, but in, in cash, you don't have to think about that at all. Uh, it's, it's really not as important. What if I told you bets? I lied to you. Cause I have one more question here. Uh, I would call you a liar. Keep trade cut from Sozilla waffles, pancakes, French toast. Let's end with this. I mean, this is this is what the people are here for. I will keep waffles. I'm going to cut pancakes, and I'm going to trade French toast. Thoughts? Man, I was going to come in here with a really hot take. I do think French toast has the highest trade value. That's what I'm saying. You can, you can dress it up in lots of different ways. And really good French toast might be the best out of all these. If you like really knock it out of the park, it might be Couldn't the best. Couldn't agree more. But waffles... I feel like are just right up my alley. I can actually put my syrup in there and let it hold. Like it just holds it where pancakes end up being so dense that you end up getting just some dry, it's dry bread that it's just gross. I don't want it at all. So uh, pancakes are fine and, and some pancakes are better than others, but I will be cutting those, putting them off the bridge, Baxter style, keeping the waffles and cutting the French toast. It's Simpatico. Vermont's like, it's like a syrup place, right? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's the land of maple syrup. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've never been. You never invited me when you lived there. Well, actually, I think that's not accurate. I probably did invite you, but you couldn't Dang come. Dang it. You're probably... It's, will I ever go there? Will I ever go to Vermont? Doubtful. It's it's pretty... Like, I know it's small, but like how 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 quick can you drive through it? Um, Like two hours, top to bottom. It's wow. not super wide. It's more just uh, top to bottom. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I knew that it would be this important in my f- football life as it is right now with you moving out, but it's it's pretty important. But you're going to be here, right, in a little bit, in, in like a month and a it's half. It's coming up, yeah. We got a mid-December. Uh, we have a show live in the studio for the first time. It'll be me out in Arizona meeting everyone, which would be great. Um, yeah, dude, that's coming up. I think it's week 14, if I remember correctly. And I think the way that we're going to meet each other is I'm going to pick you up at the airport and like just run from a really long distance from halfway across the airport and you're on the other side. It's going to be one of those like you welcome the heroes home from war kind yes. of thing, like moments. Yep, exactly. Who's who's the war hero in this story? Uh, clearly me. <laughs> we'll welcome, welcome you in. If you want to play with us every single week, you can go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS borg plus bets we have a contest every single week that has 600 people and you yes you listening right now no i'm talking to you wherever you are if you're driving 
or as most people who listen to this podcast, on a run or you're on the toilet. Those are the only two things. Walking the dog. Oh, dang. Yeah, sorry. Walking <laughs> the dog, of course. I just thought they're running or on the toilet. Wherever they're at, they can join that contest right now. So go to BallersDFS.com, look at our DraftKings League, be a part of it. It's a grand old time. Bets. Sign us off. What a weekend. Make some French toast. Set some DFS lineups. It's going to be great. Good luck to everyone out there. Win something big when you do. Tag us. Screenshots. Get up in the DFS pass. Good luck this weekend. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.